0: Of a walk here, so while I go, I want to thank your pastors. Last week, you did a wonderful thing. Aren't they wonderful people? Twenty years you put up with them. (laughs) It's not hard when you've got people like that. We have known each other a long time back, and when they start that, it's like living at the campground. You made me think of a thing. My son Derek is here with me today. Hey, Derek, where are you? He don't, he's not going to stand. It's okay. I, I still claim him. Jump up there and claim me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, probably when he was in the first grade, they asked for him to write these little stories where all of you lived, you know. And so he listed places and he listed the campground. And I said, Derek, you've never lived at the campground. Well, Mom, I was adding it up and I've spent a whole year of my life there. And he probably had off and on, three or three weeks at a time. We spent a month there every year, so it didn't take long for that to add up real quick. Today is a special day for mothers, and I am going to get my glasses out, so you'll have to bear with me on that a little bit and hold the mic. Uh, I've got a couple of little things I want to read to you, and the first one is a little um, I'm going to read it first. Let me go back and give you a little bit of history. Not much. About a year ago, almost to the day, today my mom passed away. So this is my first Mother's Day without my mom. And I was looking at a Facebook story. Not everything's bad on Facebook, you know. And this was a little story that came up. It said, having a bad day at work? Who are you gonna call? Call mom. Got a promotion. Call mom. Someone hurts your feelings? Call your mama. Who's going to take up for you? Your mama will. Somebody makes you mad? Call mama. Your kids are sick? You better call mom. I can't remember how to cook something. Call mom. Got some good gossip. Now, we don't gossip, so it's like you've got some, a good word you heard about someone? Call mom. You're sick, call mom. Get in the car and can't stand to be alone with your own thoughts, call mom. How many times this year have I thought, oh, I better call mom? And she's not there to call. But I know she's where she longed to be. My mom lived to be 92, very active at 92. And she uh, worked her whole, most of her life for that destination. She was a good Christian woman and we miss her a lot, but we know she's where she's wanted to be all the time. I also was gonna tell you today for Mother's Day, I know a lot of people are gonna be hearing about the Psalms 30 first woman. And you know that story or that Psalm, you know every man here thinking, yes, that's the woman I want. And the women are looking at you and saying, yeah, in your dreams. So I'm not going to go there. Okay. I'm going to talk about some other things here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about some things that I have learned. I also want to read a little story. I thought I might need a little time to com- compose myself after call mom. So I've got a funnier one <laughs> just to lighten it up. And it's. Uh, it really says well, the woodpecker must ha- may have to go. But it's everything I needed to learn about life I learned from Noah's ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. That's one thing we're here to make sure we don't miss the boat. Number two, remember that we're all in the same boat. We're not divided into three boats. We're in one boat. Three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. And it took him a long time. Number four, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, somebody may ask you to do something pretty important. So work on it. Don't listen to critics. Just get on with the job that needs to be done. Six, build your future on high ground for safety's sake. For safety's sake, travel in fours, uh, in pairs, not fours, pairs. Eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails were on board with the cheetahs. Nine, when you're stressed, float a while. And ten, remember the ark was built by amateurs, the Titanic by professionals. How many of you parents have felt like amateurs <laughs> at times? Uh, and number 11, no matter the storm, when you're with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. So it doesn't have anything to do with mothers, except teach them Noah's Ark. Yeah. There are lessons to be learned for all of us. I thought when they called, what will I talk about? Uh, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I'm a speaker. We've talked about that a little bit. I'm a teacher. I taught school for quite a while. So I thought, well, I'm going to give you a few lessons that I learned in life. It may be just reminders for some of you but some of them you may take and find that you'd be helpful to you. I I had to laugh. I wanted to get a picture of your sister's husband where you had the cradle all lined up here. The kids were crawling in and out of his And at one time, both faces were coming out from behind his legs. I thought, what a picture that would be have. I remember too, at a retreat, one time a lady was speaking, and the kids were about that age. And she said, when our kids were about that age, she said, I felt like if I stopped breathing, the whole family would just drop dead. Have you ever felt that way? It rang true to me that day. And I've remembered it ever since. So, so I tried to get them to be a little more self-sufficient. But number one is you set the tone for your family, for your home. You are the one who sends them out for their day. And I read a cartoon a long time. Some of you may know it. And Derek will vow that this was in my purse, and it's still hanging in my house, a little plaque that says, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And it was a little cartoon where the mama just bawled out a little boy, and she's pointing her finger at this little boy. And the next little page, the little boy at his little sister and going. And in the next little picture, the little girl's kicking a cat. It was a bad day for everybody, and mom started it that way. So if you're not happy, ain't nobody happy. I know school-age kids, it's hectic in the morning, and our house was like none other. When the bus was coming, it was like, hurry, hurry, get your shoes. Where's your shoes? Where's your backpack? Hurry, hurry. It's, and everybody left in a panic. You know, when they left, I was just kind of like, and I don't know what the bus driver thought when the kids got on, but it was like, I'm, I'm glad they're out of the house. This is, I can't do this every day. And when I read that cartoon, I thought, I need to change something here a little bit. So I decided I'm kind of from Missouri all the time. And I took to pastor and said, I'm stubborn, but I'm also a show me. Tell me something. I want proof sometimes. So I thought, I wonder if that's really true. So I started turning on my radio in the morning to Christian music. As I got ready, I was singing with the music. I was in a better mood. You know, things went smoother those mornings because I was at peace and I was calm. And I set the tone for the rest of the family. Um, Proverbs 17, it's scriptural, 17, 22 says, A merry heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. We've got the merry heart, and we don't want to be the one who crushes spirits. I also read a book by Francis Latour called, not Francis, it's Florence Latour called Silver Boxes. It impacted me enough that to this day there are days that I try to guard what I say and the expressions I have on my face. You, you know, kids know your expressions, and I can t- I can be a, from here to where Derek's sitting sometimes. And if I'm upset, they know. Mom, we saw you set your jaw. <sighs> we saw you roll your eyes. Okay. Enough said. I didn't have to say anything. They knew what that meant. So I tried to guard those expressions and hide them, not from everybody. But she told the story of a little boy going to school. There's a lot of stories. It's a real easy read. Sometimes you need to read it. She said she used Ephesians uh, chapter 429. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's a lot of big words. And she was talking to some little kids and said, what does all those words mean? And after some discussion, they came up with the thought, it means your words are silver boxes with bows on top that you can give to people. Or you can be like words like the little kid that comes along and kicks the blocks down that some other kid has made. You've been in the nursery very long. That's a pretty upsetting thing. That's almost fighting words at times because they've knocked your – your block's over. And our words can be that. This little boy was uh, struggling with his spelling. And if you've got kids in school, uh, I think they still do this, but every Friday was spelling test. And so he was struggling and mom said, I know you can do this. So this one week, they just practiced and practiced and practiced. And he knew those words coming and going. She knew he was going to make a 100% so she was anxious for school to be out. But when school was out, she was in the kitchen getting ready for supper. And the little boy ran in and, Mom, Mom guess what? I made a 90. And the first thing she said was, oh. And she said, the minute I said it and looked at him, I knew I had crushed his spirit. 90 was far above anything he had ever done. But it wasn't the 100 that she was expecting. And she said, I had to make up for that. But it was just so quick. Sometimes things. We do and say it so quickly and absent mindedly that crush spirits. There's another little story that she gives, and I, I can vouch, this is not my story, but I do know two people that this has happened to, that teachers have said something to them that has crushed a spirit. This one was a little girl in the fifth grade, and one of her teachers said she didn't like the way she laughed. You know, whether the teacher was just I don't know what she was thinking at the time, but like that little girl didn't laugh again until she was 15 years old out loud. I know people that if somebody has said to them they don't something about the way they sing, and they won't sing out loud around people anymore. love to sing. My brother was one of those. Loved to sing, but would not sing out loud around people. In the car, he'll do it, but not around people because someone told him. He didn't have a good voice. The Bible says make a joyful noise. So we want to do that. We want, And I think a prayer that we need to think of is Psalms one three. O oh Lord, send a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And that's what I have to think of. Sometimes those things just slip through. And God, help me to watch what I say. Help me to always be an encourager.
1: And let my expressions not give it away. <laughs> I,
0: It's just one of those things that we have to be on guard for all the time. You're never achieved, but it's something to watch. Number two, you find what you're looking for. Okay? You all know the story of the glass being half full or half empty? What do you see? It depends on your perspective, what you see. Pessimism begets pessimism. Optimism begets optimism, and we've got to watch it. I know growing up, I hated when we had company for dinner, particularly, because my mom would just become a different person. The house had to be clean under the bed, under the couch, everywhere you went. The house had to be in perfect order before anybody could come to the house. I hated it. I mean, it was just a tension-filled thing. It was just, I know she didn't want them to think that she kept a messy house, which her house was never messy. But again, in growing up, I realized, you know, if somebody wants to find dust, if they want to find something, they're going to find it. If they're coming to find dust, let them find it. If If they're coming to find fellowship and friendship, that's fine, but I think being a good hostess is making everybody happy. And if they leave disappointed, I'm not being a good hostess. So find some dust, go away happy. Besides, I figure if they're away talking about me, I'm saving some of the rest of you, and you're welcome for that. It can become a bondage to the point that, as a young pastor's wife, I. Came kind of like my mom. I, that lady came out in me. But good things can be bondage, too. And I just learned that not too long ago, because you always think of bondage being, you see pictures of the chains and all this kind of stuff. And then I saw a picture of beautiful necklaces and lots of rings, and you were still weighted down. The pretty things, wanting to be thought of as being perfect, the great mom, the greatest mom around, those things can put you in bondage where you can't move. Being afraid to have somebody over to my house because they might not think I'm the best pastor's wife kept me from having people. And the Bible says, show yourself hospital. Be friendly to people. And if you're not going to do that, you're under bondage. So I said, God, just let me not care. Just let them find what they want to find because they're looking for it anyway. If they want to find it, they're going to. And going through life as a pessimist, I think, would be very sad. Um, not being able to see what's good in anything. Philippians 4, 8, says, is there's anything. I'm just paraphrasing this instead of letting you know. If there's anything that is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtue, praise, those are the things we're supposed to think on. And to think on it means to dwell on it. What is your mind dwelling on? You could know these negative things. I mean, you listen to the news. You know there's negative stuff going on. You listen to the news 24-7, you're going to be depressed. What are we putting in our mind? What are we dwelling on? What we dwell on is what we will become. So the Bible tells us to think on those things, and people say, Well, I'm just naturally a negative person. No, you're not. Did you see those babies up here? They were all smiling. Not a care in the world. Your attitude is something you develop. And you decide how you're going to develop. The scripture, John 14, 1, says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me also. Doesn't say you know, sometimes your heart's gonna be troubled and just let it go that way. It says, let not, I mean another translation said, see to it that your heart not be troubled. That's my decision. Yes, there's gonna be times that I'm gonna be nervous, like today. <laughs> there's times that I'm gonna be upset about something, but if I dwell on those things all the time, it makes it worse. The Bible says, see to put your mind on things that are above. And he will give you perfect peace. Even the time of the storm, God can give us peace. And you know what? That's a peace that the world doesn't understand. Uh, This isn't in my notes, but once when Derek was very young, he was very sick in the hospital. And uh, he was only a few months old. And the doctors were At that time, it seemed kind of young to us. You know, again, are such a serious thing. It was a life or death situation, and he was in the hospital for quite a while. He had spinal meningitis, just to go on with it. But I had, uh, of course, you're nervous. It's your kid, you know, and he's a baby. And my father-in-law came in and said, oh, these doctors are so young. They don't know what they're doing. And I had to say, stop. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to fill my mind with those thoughts. God said. Keep your mind on him, and he will give perfect peace. It turned out great. He's a scholar. He's great. But it could have been a lot different. But God had his hand in what was happening, and he can give us peace in those times. Another thing that I got tired of doing in this setting your attitude, when the boys were young, um, coming home, They were more like high school age, middle school, high school. Middle school is a whole different generation of people, if you know what I'm talking about. And so every day they came home, it was like, (laughs) the teacher doesn't like me, the sports thing, you know, everything was bad. And I just, I got tired. I said, okay, we're going to start a challenge. When you come home from school tomorrow, I'm going to ask you three good things that happened. So be looking for them. Well, the first week or two weeks, it was pretty hard. when we came home to school. Well, we had recess. Uh, we had hot dogs for lunch. You know, I mean, we were we were digging for good things to find that happened in the day. But as time went along, they started looking for things. And they started coming home with different things. It worked with my boys and it worked with high school kids when I was teaching high school. Again, one year I had the last hour of the day and everybody's ready to go home and they were all coming in like that. Of course, to get high school kids to do it, I had to make it into a quiz every day. So you got points. There was a quiz at the end of school every day. You got points for filling out the paper. Tell me three good things that happened. That was even harder for them, but it works. What you look for, you find. So we need to be looking for the best part of everything. The next thing is, Number three, don't deal with the what ifs. Instead, deal with the right now. I was talking today and I said, one of the boys said, you know, I told you about not to deal with what ifs. He said, what I really remember you saying is don't borrow trouble. That's more scriptural. Because in Matthew 6:34 34, it says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When we start borrowing trouble, we're making it. I mean, you can make yourself lay awake at night, have a nervous breakdown on something that may never happen. Why waste that time on something that may never happen? So you do deal with the right now. I said you won't always have your kids with you. You're not always going to have your parents with you. You're not always going to have your spouse with you. Make the most of right now. Do what we can to influence their lives and to enjoy them right now. Don't worry about the what ifs. In Mark 14, 2 through 8, the Bible talks about the lady with the alabaster box. It's what she had. She'd saved with it for a long time and had it. But she came into a group of people where Jesus was, and she broke the box and anointed Jesus. And instantly, she started getting criticism. Oh, she shouldn't have done that. She could have done this. How many times have we done something, and even ourselves say, oh, I could have done something different. I shouldn't have done it that way. We start kicking ourselves about it. But she started getting criticism around, oh, that's not good. But Jesus spoke up very loud in her defense and said, let her alone. You know, if you're with my kids and I tell you those words, you know I'm serious. And I say it just about like that. Let her alone. God thought that was important or Jesus thought that was important. She was doing something for him. She wasn't always going to have him, but he dealt with the what if. You know, what if she'd given that to the poor? What if she, Bible says, he said, you poor, you got what you always. I'm only going to be here for a little time. And she's done what she could. Those words were underlined in my mom's Bible. She's done what she could. We may not be the richest people around. We may not be the poorest people around. We may not be whatever, but you've all got something. And what are you doing with what you got? We've got to do what we can for the people who are around us. I know a lot of people will say, well, when I get better at this, I'm going to do this and this. You know what? A lot of times that never gets done. I know a lot of people who retire. Or when I retire, I'm going to take this trip. When they retire, they can't take it or they don't make it to retirement. You've missed an opportunity that comes your way. Take those opportunities to enjoy your family, ladies. And it's talking particularly about moms enjoying your kids. I know those days when it feels like they're going to stop breathing, when you're breathing, it's kind of like maybe I ought to just lock myself in the bathroom and take a bath. That doesn't work. They're at the door sticking their fingers under. Mommy, mommy, he hit me, he hit me, you know. Just think someday you're going to wish they were wishing pushing their fingers under the door saying, mommy, mommy. That's why I, I would not agree with you about the lights leaving. And they say, my boys are coming. It's like, all right, it's party time. We are going to have fun. And so Nana and g are like, <laughs> matter of fact, they said, what did you bring me this time? That's maybe not a good thing, but, <laughs> but it's a thing that we've, uh, we've established. So there's always something that we're going to do. Uh, because I want to enjoy them while I can. When I was young, a lot of times we didn't have time because we were busy making a life, going to work, doing the things we had. But we've got the time now. That's what our job is. That's what I tell them. That's what I tell my daughter-in-law. That's my job, to give them candy. They expect it. So <laughs> so that's what we do. Candy and ice cream, we're going to have it when, I, when Nana's around. So they even gave me a plaque that says, when you're at Nana's, these are the rules. And one of them is you get cookies. (laughs) So it's going to happen. I don't believe even as parents you spoil your kids. When they're little, they all just let them cry it out. Love them while you've got them. I want to say, we don't want to be crushing Connie's. Set the tone in your house. Be an encourager. You don't want to be a dousing Debbie and put all wet blanket over all their hopes and dreams. Make sure you're looking for the positive, not the negative. You don't want, and if these names ring to anybody, I'm sorry. I, they're, they're just random. here. <laughs> I said, they'll remember the names and Gary said, yeah, especially if it's their names. So, like, oh. so that's a disclaimer. If these are your names, I'm not talking about you. Don't be a pessimistic Peggy. Live in the right now, and don't borrow trouble. It may never happen. Let us live where it can be said of us, she has done what she could.